Another episode here of We Talk Fantasy, Godzilla Media's fantasy football podcast. Before we get into any fantasy talk, let us congratulate the man who is in the bottom portion of your YouTube video. Happy birthday to Chet Davis. Welcome to the Dirty 30s, my friend. Congratulations, you made it. Thank you very much. Uh, Had like a minor panic attack last night about turning 30, but doing better today. Well, Kyle, any yeah, I was gonna say any advice to Chet now that he's in his thirties? No, nothing. We haven't already talked about our little. We're going to hell. Everything hurts. It's it's no different. I like you start with we're going to hell. Like we can't even believe <laughs> at this point. But you know, we've already been washed for years. Like washed up. Everything hurts. It's like when Cameron and I got married, and they're like, "Oh, how's married life?" And I'm like, "Oh, it was, it's the same as what it was. It's like what's like turning thirty. It's the same as it's been." It hurts. I'm tired. Like, I think right after my 21st birthday, it's just been 30 ever since. You know, like that was it. And then downhill real quick. You'll feel it like in two months, three months. The next time you really party too, you're going to be like, oh my God, it's like the third day. Why is it Tuesday and I'm still feeling it? No, I'm retired, man. Like we we had a way too eventful summer and uh, I'm done. I'm good. No more friends. No more bachelor parties. <laughs> I'll go to some weddings for the hors d'oeuvres, but that's it. That's it, huh? That's it. I'm a big hors d'oeves guy. Get out Keep before that. Food. And that's Kyle it. knows I also love uh, some late night ice cream at weddings or some gelato, as the fancy people say. I just now imagine shit like with a walker. Get me out of here before the music plays and they start grinding <laughs> on each other. I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Talking about hurting and things that are bad, I think the opening theme of Week 7, we thought it'd be bye weeks. We thought it'd be by mageddon It was an historically terrible week for quarterbacks. Mm. I'm watching Reds, and I'm like, can anybody be good? Can somebody throw a pass besides Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? Here are some of the numbers that were posted in the Gons of the Media Fantasy League from quarterbacks that played. Jimmy Garoppolo, 5.24. Davis Mills, 3.4. Mike White, who got in for Zach Wilson, 8. Patrick Mahomes, 7.74. We'll get to Mahomes a little later. Goff, 11. Geno Smith, 12. Keenum, 12. Bridgewater, 14. We get the point. Terrible. Terrible job by quarterbacks. Uh, Mr. Birthday Boy, welcome to the 30s. I'm going to start with you. Is it a trend? Is it just the part of the season? Is it something to be concerned about? What do we make of this horrendous quarterback play in Week 7? I think it actually does have to do in large part with Biomageddon. A lot of those big names, guys you typically would be starting, weren't there. The Josh Allens, the Dak Scotts, uh, the Justin Herberts. Like, I mean, those, are the, those are big names that weren't available, so you were forced to stream players. And then coupled with the fact, horrible weather. Like Those primetime games were tough to watch. And I hated people on Twitter you know, making the, you know, I knew Shanahan was a bad coach. I'm like, Dude, you can't judge those games on coaches. Like it, it's crapshoot plays. Like the Michael Pittman was a fantastic catch, but uh, it's that's just a really hard games to coach in. Your game plan gets thrown out the window when your quarterback can't hold on to the football. Like I mean, like how about that Wentz interception? I mean, it was just sloppy football all around. I'll go as far to say, and I don't think it's that big of a statement. That was just the worst week of football we've seen so far. Like the games weren't that close. It was either a blowout or sloppy football. Who's gonna, you know, maybe eke out a win here? It was ugly. Talk about ending on a on a bang with last night's game. 
just a absolute slugfest. Oh, yeah. I was I was passed out in the middle of the second quarter. It was terrible. <laughs> but no, it's it's. I was obviously by McGinn and played a huge part in it. But kind of to Chet's point, it's like you look at weather and you're like, oh, what do you do here? So coupled with by McGinn, you had just terrible weather in a plethora of games this weekend and just bad matchups across the board. If you didn't have like a Tua, who who would have thought you'd be playing Tua? Um, or even, I mean, Matt Ryan had a meh game, but he only had 18. It's just like you're sitting there going, what is going on? on like how do you how do you do it but it's kind of a crazy point when you look at it it's on top of him again you had to try to plan for weather and then you had to try to plan for is teddy bridgewater gonna play because of his foot and it was just a crapshoot i 100 percent agree this was probably the worst week of football we've watched in a long long time um and then obviously fantasy football most most matchups i was watching you either were down in dumps or blown out early uh, you could see the L coming, especially if you kind of you like you said, guys. If you had one of those quarterbacks who threw up under ten, you're like, "Yep, GG, it's over." How yeah, about, it's- uh, can we just give a shout out to Jalen Hurts though? Not playing good football, real football, but somehow is the only player this season that continues to score above twenty points in every game. And it, I saw a wild stat. I wish I could remember who tweeted it. His breakdown quarter by quarter. I think half of his fantasy points have come in the fourth quarter this year. It's been garbage time. It's been an 80-yard drive where he was responsible for all 80 yards, half on the ground, half in the air, likely a rushing touchdown, two-point conversion, and you're just like, boom, there's my 25-point toilet bowl. Uh, but Jalen Hurts somehow the most consistent fantasy quarterback right now. It's, it's going to stop. There is going to be a dud coming. And it's going to hurt for everyone who's somehow uh, gotten by this far with Jalen. The Hurts thing is remarkable because the Eagles are not good. Like no, they stink. No. They're terrible. We can go back through like whether or not they should have fired Doug Peterson. If you're an Eagle fan right now, if the season were to end, you'd have three picks in the top 11 because of trades that had happened within that franchise over the course of the past few seasons. The Hurts thing is remarkable because if you're an Eagle fan, you are not cheering on the great play of Hurts. But like you said, Chad, it's because the Eagles have turned into such a bad team in that fourth quarter. Back to that theme, too, about bad quarterback play. At some point, it's going to be interesting if the discussion ever flips to, we know running back still feels like the most important position in fantasy because of how much of a drop-off there is between really the top guys. I wonder if we're going to, again, in 2022 and even in the future fantasy, be like, if you can get a top five quarterback who can just save you some weeks, because I know a lot of our leagues, right? Like you will look at some of these matchups and if you get as high as 35 to 40% of potential scoring may have come from your quarterback. Now, if that number's there, you might not have won, but if your quarterback made that terrible, it was over by 230. Your game was done by 2.30 because of quarterback play. So, yeah, I think the big lesson to be learned here is that when you have a backup quarterback on your bench, I don't know what the value of that is going forward in your matchup because some of you might have played your backup quarterback this week and he stunk. It's like, why is he even on my roster? Like, what am I, what am I doing? He plays the one game of the year that's supposed to matter and it doesn't work out. I think that's the perfect segue to this. The Kansas City Chiefs. You think you got Patrick Mahomes on your roster. You think you're going to win every single game if you want, especially with the offense. Kyle, I'm going to start with you on this. From Mahomes to anybody, if you've got a chief player 
Is it time to start thinking about dealing away some of the top quarterback, wide receiver, maybe even Kelsey if you're in so much trouble? What do we do with the Chiefs offense now in fantasy? I am in this exact situation because I have both Tyreek and Kelsey. I will say, stay firm on this. Kelsey is a non-trader. Do not trade Kelsey. He's still the number one tight end. He is extremely consistent. You saw it this week, even with how bad Pat Mahomes played. And I, and that was the worst game of his career. Not even close. First time ever he didn't have over 250 passing yards or a touchdown. Um, kind of a crazy stat if you think about it. Um, but do not trade Kelsey. That guy is going to be more consistent than ever. The one guy that I am looking at, I am open for trade, is Tyreek Hill. Um, you look at Tyreek Hill and you'll go, what the hell is wrong with you? He's, he's wide receiver number three and half point PPR. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Tyreek Hill has been saved by two games, a 32-point explosion and a 42-point explosion. Let me read off his bottom three games. Week two and three, 4.4 and 7.2. Week, last week, 9.7. Week five against Buffalo, 11.3. Against Washington, he was kept a, kept afloat with an 18-point game. So if you think about it, he's literally been saved by two games. Great. He's averaging, what, 15, 17 uh, fantasy points per game. But he has been extremely low in production. He's not making catches. There was a couple games. There was a game he got only four targets. Now, in his, in his bigger, keyword-er games, he's gotten double-digit targets. But... Is that Tyreek Hill? Is the Tyreek Hill that we're starting to see really the boomer bust Tyreek Hill that we used to talk a lot about? Um, and I think you're we're getting into that territory. And you know he does have some good games coming up that that you look at some favorable matchups, but he's still got to he's going to be the focal point against Green Bay, against Dallas, against Denver. He's got another game against the Chargers. He goes up against Pitt in the championship or the semifinal week. Then he goes to a tough Cincy team in championship week, like. Tyreek Hill is a player that if you can maybe try to get a two-for-one, like a, a wide receiver two if you have a decent wide receiver one, and can you get a flex player in a running back in a, in a really tough scene with a running back, can you get uh, like a Josh Jacobs and an Emmanuel Sanders for Tyreek Hill? Something along those lines. I'm just throwing names out there. I think you look at doing it. Um, that defense, the, the one thing that might help you with the Chiefs is the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs is, is historically bad. Um, so is uh, Patrick Mahomes going to be throwing the ball? Yes. Do they have a running game right now? Actually, they kind of have a better running game than they had with Damian Williams, but still, no, they don't have a running game. So I'm still all aboard dealing, dealing Tyreek Hill right now if you can get a good offer because it's still he's still going to draw a high price tag because of Tyreek Hill, his name, his explosiveness. Um, but I am officially starting to panic a little bit on the Chiefs, not only as an NFL team. I'm full panic mode for the Chiefs fans out there. Um, but Tyreek Hill, I'm a little concerned with going forward. Chat, do you agree? Is there some concern for any Chiefs players for you as well? Yeah, I think Kyle kind of nailed it on the head there. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill is that boomer bust. Last year, it was way more consistent. Like he was delivering week in, week out, and it gave you like, all right, this guy is not just a 80 yard bomb waiting to happen. Like he can get used in the intermediate. I still think he has that potential, but you are going to eat some of those games where it's it's not the the 20 plus game you you were praying for. Uh, in Kyle's situation if you have both, I feel like defenses have to make a choice. Are we going to make sure we don't get beat over the top with Tyreek and allow Kelsey to do the, you know, dink and dunk and hopefully we stop him on a third down? 
Um, or, you know, do we double team Kelsey and then hope that one-on-one someone can keep up with Tyreek? And so you're kind of hedging your bet when you have both, where it's like when you combine their scores, it's going to be very consistent. It's just who's going to have the bigger week each week. Um, so that's a tough one in Kyle's situation in particular. But I, I'm, you know, I got, I love to trade. I love to trade. And so mm-hmm. if, if you have a situation where you have Tyreek and your running backs haven't panned out, Kyle mentions a Josh Jacobs, which has probably frustrated a lot of people. Maybe you lost Chris Carson or Antonio Gibson's shin has been killing you. Like, yeah, absolutely. This is the time of your season where you look at your record. And if you have Tyreek Hill and you're looking at a two or three win season, it's time to deal them and try to get that two for one that Kyle mentioned, a guy that maybe is a little bit more consistent in double digits at the wide receiver position. And then a, a running back who he thinks might have a bigger second half of the year. So I think it's always good look. I'm with Kyle though. I think Kelsey, you're just not going to get a return at tight end. That's going to be worth it. So um, unless you're going to be able to trade with someone where you do a two for two, you know, I'll take a step back. Let's, let's use Mike Gusecki, for example, I'll do, I'll do a deal with Kelsey and an RB two for your RB one and Gusecki. I might think about that because I don't think there's that crazy of a drop off between, you know, those top four tight ends. But once you get past that, you, you start streaming tight ends, you start getting offers. Kelsey's never going to give you an offer. And just to add to the Hill thing one more time, too, this is what makes leagues like Dynasty Leagues and in particular Keeper Leagues so much fun because more than likely your trade deadline's in two weeks because of the expanded regular season. So you've got probably about another two weeks. So I'm not ready to say right now the price on Hill is the highest it can get. But within these next 14 days, in those long-term leagues, you can get Hill for what? A a future second-round pick? As high as that, because you can sell to the person you are trading with. Hey, a guy like Tyreek Hill can win you a championship. If you're at three and four right now, or two and five, like Chet said, and you're balancing in between whether or not you're going to be a playoff team, and you put Hill on that team and you sell it to him, it's actually probably true that he could, but that's your best sell you're going to get here. So, yeah, you got to make the move and see if you can find points from somewhere else. And just to add to the Mahomes thing, uh, you guys nailed the Kelsey thing, but Mahomes. He's got to be on the list of guys you never trade. And I know injury is always a concern. That was a weird play that he got concussed on at the end of the game. But here's my theory on Mahomes. With the AFC West more competitive than we thought, the Raiders are good. The Chargers are good. When we're taping this in late October, it is far from a guarantee that the Kansas City Chiefs are a playoff team. I think they're, I think, I think they're out of it. Okay, so Chet says they're out of it. Kyle, are you willing to go bold enough and say in or out right now? Out their defense, their defense can't. I mean, I'm concerned that the Texans could ru- could run against them because their defense is that bad. I so really you, am. Yeah. So you both think they're out. I would lean towards in for now, and I might change my answer next week. But on a fantasy perspective, what I love about the Mahomes thing is that if Kansas City is fighting for a playoff berth, there is no chance in hell Andy Reid's going to hand off the football in December. He is going to put the ball in Mahomes' hands and let him sling that shit. All right, I'll swear for it because I need to. Mahomes is going to tear it up in December. So if you've got Mahomes on your team, you got to pray that they're fighting for a playoff berth in week 15, 16, and 17 because he oh, could they're potentially. Gonna be, they're going to be fighting. So I, there you go. Like Mahomes is going to be the guy slinging through the games. If I was Andy Reid, I'd let him throw for 400 yards a game and that could win you a championship. Yep. I, I completely agree that um, it's going to be very tight. Could they get in? Absolutely. Are they going to be fighting with the Chargers? 
with the Raiders, the Bengals. I mean, that wild card, luckily it's expanded for them this year with their, that extra spot. Uh, but that even then, I think it's going to be really tight. They're going to probably be fighting with the Patriots if they're able to get on a roll and get the automatic wins against the Jets. I guess they already swept the Jets. But, uh, yeah, I think I think come end of the year, that's going to be a very tight race. And I can't believe we're saying that, that uh, Patrick Mahomes' team is not a shoe-in for the playoffs. Well, we're talking – go ahead, Kyle. The other thing that I've been really concerned with for Patrick Patrick's sake is his offensive line is bad. Yeah. It is terrifyingly – he, he has no time. I mean, right. you just saw it last week. He was just getting mauled by the, by the Tennessee defense. And now, granted, I think that Tennessee linebacker core, now that it's healthy and that defensive line is, is starting to play pretty darn good football. Um, and they got a lot of pressures, but – I mean, you saw the Bills just pressured him for majority of the game with a four-man blitz. They they were able to get after him a little bit, and it's a brand new offensive line, and that's the other thing that concerns me. Come come December, that offensive line, there's no rotation there. It's the same people. So does that offensive line get beat up a little bit to where now they're they're just worn out? I mean, that's that's my biggest concern. Also, is the defense is terrible, the offensive line is terrible. There's no run game. You have Patrick Holmes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. I don't think that's enough to win you games. Can we just can we just uh, take a step back and just realize that the Titans have beaten the Bills yep. and the Chiefs and lost to the Jets? Can we just, <laughs> can we just soak that in? Oh, that's why I love football. Any freaking given Sunday, someone can beat someone else. I love it. On the most recent Levac and Gaz, so you can go back and listen to the Godzilla Media podcast. We did the NFL power rankings to figure out where the Titans stood. And I now have this thing. Uh, Jonathan, one of our listeners, wrote in and said, Instead of remember the Titans, Goss is calling it respect the Titans. That they're the ninth best team in the NFL. No matter what they do, they feel like they're the most disrespected team. I called them the Wake Forest of the NFL. No matter what they win, people are like, yeah, but, yeah, but. And that's how Tennessee continues to feel for this. Uh, we, we got some trade, and we got a Bills one coming up here. And the Johnstone Supply in Troy mailbag. Fall is officially here. You're starting to see the weather hit that 40, 45, 49 well, Johnstone Supply and Troy wants to help you to make sure your home is heated properly. Whether it's an update to your furnace, a heating system in your home, HVAC needs, and more, the place for you is Johnstone Supply in Troy. Make sure your air filters are up to date. Anything you need, the guys at 6th Avenue will help you. Shout out to our guy, Tom, who we're calling Snooch or Sooch with his like weird handlebar mustache. He looks like that reliever from the Virginia Cavaliers, and he's owning it like he did at the U Albany game this past weekend up on the billboard. The, the Titan Tron is like to use the WWE term for it, the scoreboard. He was up there doing his thing. Whether it's him, Cap, James, George, they all want to help you find exactly what your home needs. It's something as simple as a ladder or anything else you might have questions on. The place for you is Johnstone Supply and Troy. For more information on them, head over to our visual sign. If you're watching it now, check out our ticker. For more information on how you can be a part of Johnstone Supply and Troy helping you this fall to make sure your house is ready to go for the colder weather. All right, this one comes from Boogie. And I think, I believe Boogie is a Bills fan. It's got an interesting question here. Boogie writes on Twitter, guys, is it too late to trade for handcuffed running backs? For instance, I have Zach Moss on my team. Should I trade for Devin Singletary? If I have McCaffrey injured, should I chase after Chuba Hubbard? At week eight, uh, Chet, I think I'm going to start with you on this one. Is it too late or even necessary to chase after handcuffing your running backs now? I don't think so, uh, especially now that some guys have come back healthy. It might be a good time to do it. Like This might be your chance if you whiffed on the draft and didn't get Alexander Madison. 
and you saw what he did when Dalvin was out. Well, now Dalvin's back and he's still going to be the, you know, workload of in Minnesota. Okay. Well now the guy that probably has Madison is ready to move on and you can't really bank on an injury. So maybe you give him your, you know, wide receiver three or something like that. If you have a plethora of a position, I would try to go after, make sure I don't let that happen again, because at this point, when guys go down, a lot of those guys aren't left on the waivers, you know, like the Dearness Johnsons aren't going to be there come playoff time. So uh, this is your chance to make sure, especially once you start, you, you start getting past your bye weeks, handcuffs become even more important because now you're just making sure you have a backup plan for the playoff push or the playoffs. So in certain situations, sure. I would try to look at a guy. You don't, I'm not going to overpay for a handcuff because Chuba Hubbard, I mean, we, we hope CMC comes back sooner rather than later. So I'm not going to give up a lot for Chuba Hubbard just for two to three weeks. You know what I mean? Um, Cause right now he's a starter. So that guy who has Chuba Hubbard is probably going to be asking a little bit more than what he's actually worth. So I'm not paying high for a guy that has temper, uh, temporary value i'm gonna look for the guys like uh another good example would be tony pollard yeah Tony pollard is still the backup in dallas who does get enough touches to be a good flex play in certain situations but go after tony pollard when zeke is still healthy you don't want to go after tony pollard when zeke goes down because you're just got to give up too much kyle yeah. you think it's the same thing very similar um i actually really like this question the reason i because i'm actually kind of in it so um now that by Mageddon's over, you're you're really can start thinning out your roster a little bit. Um, for example, Chet, you're gonna hear my strategy, so sorry. Um, I have James Robinson, <laughs> and, I have James Robinson and Austin Eckler. Both of their backups are sitting on the waiver wire. Guess who I'm going to target this week? I'm going to target both Hyde and uh, why, Jackson. Why am I forgetting Eckler? Yeah, Justin Jackson or yeah. Joshua Kelly, and then they also have that Roundtree guy. They kind of have yeah. like a crowded backup situation but that's where my head's at is like now that i'm gonna start thinning my depth like my quarterback to both my running backs and my flex are all solidified now i and i have a rotation outside of that i have three open slots essentially from this bye week that i'm willing to drop i'm gonna go after some of them so think about it this way say you are um say um like you said chubba hubbard um is sitting there on somebody's bench and they don't have a quarterback, you find them streaming quarterbacks every week, and you have a Matt Ryan or a, even a Tua available as he was your secondary quarterback. See if you can trade that quarterback as if you have like a Josh Allen for Chuba Hubbard and see what happens and, and try to go that route. Thin out your bench a little bit. Unload some of those bench players if you have that rotation. Keep an extra wide receiver, and if you're lucky enough to have a backup running back in some capacity – um, keep a couple of those guys on your bench, but open your bench for some of those stretch plays for an injury so that you can get lucky down the road. Like you think about it, if you were lucky enough to have Kenneth Gainwell and you were the one who kept him on your bench for some of the frustrations and look what happened. Miles Sanders goes down this, this past weekend. Now you're in a prime spot to have a, have an RB two slash flex for free. So that's kind of where my head's at. I'm going to start adding some of those guys that are backup players um, two number one specifically on the running back side um, as the buys have started to clear out. It's a great playoff strategy. If you think you're going to be a playoff team and you don't want fellow playoff teams to just pick up guys and sit on your bench so you lose points, it's a great strategy. However, I think we missed one of the most important parts about this. And I know Boogie probably has to deal with this because the Bills are coming off a buy. 
get through those bye weeks first before yeah. you do that is my advice. Because the worst case scenario is you start to do that stacking or handcuffing or whatever term you want to use. And all of a sudden you hit like week 11. You're like, oh, crap. Am I playing two running backs that are on the same team? Which sometimes works. But other times you can just find a better option on the waiver wire. So the best advice I would tell you is get through your bye weeks first. It's a nice strategy, but it's probably better for week 12. Now, there are some leagues, and I think Kyle and Chad are both in one of these leagues, where the trade deadline goes way deep. Like, it could go all season long. So if you're in a league that has a way deeper trade deadline, you don't have to do it now. Like, you can wait maybe even a month to, like, Thanksgiving to pull that off. So the uh, other thing, too, as a fellow Bills fan, if your portion was Zach Moss, you want to hang on Singletary, hell no. Don't do it. Not worth it. I just dropped Singletary in that other league because the Bills don't have a running game. And until they show me that they have a running game, I thought I scored when I grabbed Singletary off the waiver wire. Nope. They just don't have a running back. Josh Allen needs to throw 50 times a game. Like, it's it's clear it's clear cut, unfortunately. But do not waste a spot for Singletary, in my opinion. I got a spot in one league where I have Singletary on my bench, but Justin Tucker's on a bye, and I don't want to cut Tucker. So oh I might have put you right. Just, you just read my mind, guys, because uh, I have that situation with Tucker on the buy, and he's one of the most valuable kickers there is. You 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 never have to worry about Justin Tucker. And if you're playing a league, which I despise leagues that allow 50, 50 yard field goals to be five points, but he's the most valuable at it. Like he's so good from long range. Um, so you guys are in in favor of keeping a bye week kicker if he's that good. I, I know you did it with Tyler Bass. I kept him in every single league when he was on bye. He's yeah. a number one or three kicker. He's the number three in our dynasty league for the non-50. Yeah. He's number one in bonus points for 50-yard field goals. He's the, he's the best kicker. Why would I drop him? I'm fascinated by the Chet hate for the five for 50. I want to hear oh. more. I've never heard this rant from you before. Oh, oh it drives me absolutely nuts. He's got great points for hating it. He really does. Well, just think about it, guys, and some leagues do do this with the bonus points on 50-yard touchdown passes, 60 yards, and they add extra bonuses for that, which we don't – I don't play any leagues that do that. But a field goal is three points no matter where you kick the damn thing. And so for just like a, a difference between a 49-yard field goal and a 50-yard is an extra point, I think we put too much value in kickers. And sometimes when you get beat by a kicker or you get beat by a team and their their highest-scoring guy is a kicker, like I've seen twenty plus point kicker performances. I'm like, give me an effing break! Like, uh, drives me absolutely nuts. Three points anywhere on the field for field goals. One point for extra points. Let's keep it simple. A fifty-two yarder is harder than a thirty yarder. Well, yeah. So is a fifty-yard touchdown pass. <laughs> well, come on, or a fifty-yard touchdown. Even I'd even say like a touchdown run of law, like a fifty-yarder, is way more impressive than the you know, one yard dive that a guy gets, but they're both, they're both worth six points. I don't think it's so much about the kickers. The point is, is valid. I think you're just anti kicker. I think if you had an honest choice to make a league, I think you'd rather have a super flex than a kicker. Thousand percent. I think kickers are just annoying. Um, Yes, there are good kickers, but like, well, wasn't last year the best kicker Sanders or Saunders of the dolphins just because that offense stalled. I know that's part of your, your scouting. You want, offenses that are good enough to move the ball but not good enough to score but the kicker's got to be good enough to ma- it just sucks i just hate it cuz then cause then you have a you know situation like you know Ryan Suckup who gets 6 for 6 on extra points and only gets 6 points 
where Daniel Carlson gets to kick five field it's all drunk, dude. It drives me nuts. All right. We will get away from the kickers before. It's his birthday. How dare I ask about kickers on your 30th <laughs> birthday? What is wrong with me? All right. Before we get into the waiver wire, I want to give friends shout outs. And that is our friends over at Mohawk Honda. Selection is king this fall. I got a cool story. My mom all the way out in Syracuse was shopping for a vehicle. She stumbled upon Mohawk Honda. She said, wait, the, the podcast, the place out in Glenville near you? I'm coming. She bought a vehicle from Mohawk Honda. Two hours east, she drove in because it gave her the best price. Not because she was taking care of her wonderful son, but because she found the best price at Mohawk Honda. And that can happen wherever you're listening across upstate New York. It is worth the time to check out their inventory. Check them out on social media from Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, and more to find out what's in stock for Mohawk Honda. Inventory is so hard to find across upstate New York. 700 plus coming. I talked to my guy Greg Johnson about it on our last Friday show coming to Mohawk Honda. Lifestyle, whatever it might be, your gas, what type of seats you need, they want to help you. My guy Cam McKenna took care of my mom. They can take care of you for whatever vehicle you're looking for. Hot sauce, Jake Doyle is going to be on an episode of MMM across the board. All these people, the VIP man, all these guys are continuing to do great jobs in Mohawk Honda because they want to find the best price for you. Lindsey Harrington and everybody over there continues to find the selection of vehicles across upstate New York. It is Mohawk Honda. People you can trust during the car buying experience. Trust us. We've been able to do it. Now it's your turn. Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. Now, Kyle, we usually toss this over to waiver wire for you, and we usually go through a list of players, but the graphic has already given me the spoiler. It's one guy we're talking about this week in the waiver wire, and that is current Houston Texan quarterback Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting development because I think we all – I believe I was firm on him not playing, and I still am keeping that stance. I I do not think Deshaun's going to play this year, um, regardless of what happens, regardless of what trades happen. However, you have to add him if you have the chance, um, especially with the rumor circulating right now that he is going to the Dolphins. The Dolphins are one of those really intriguing teams. Don't forget – Parker's been out on injury. Then you've got Waddle, who's looked like a stud. You've got Gusecki. You've got the, the the semblance of a run game with Gaskins. Gaskins is a good running back. They just defensively loaded the box and said, Tua, good luck. Go, go beat us. So if Deshaun goes to Miami, I think Deshaun's a top five quarterback. He will thrive in that offense. Now, again, I still don't think he's going to play, but if you add Deshaun, again – He's looking at Miami. Carolina's been in the talks. Um, but I, I personally think you have to add him. And also think about this. are you If you're in a dynasty league uh, and he is somehow on your waivers, throw him on your bench. Keep him there. Um, because if he goes to a situation that's too good to turn up to, to, to not take, you, you're going to be in a great spot for a starting quarterback next year. Yeah, it's fascinating. It really is. Because we're – it's updates every hour, every day, trying to figure out where he's going to go. Reports last week was that a deal was going to get done, and it didn't, and now the trade deadline is closer and closer. Um, I saw a tweet, and I won't call out who tweeted it um, in the fantasy world, saying, you know, you should go after – because the, the three teams, you know, Kyle mentioned, the Panthers, the Dolphins, the Eagles, you should go after those weapons. No. You can't start playing the what-if – now, we have a little bit more information that it sounds like Miami is the front runner. They've agreed on terms, but they're still wanting to make sure that the NFL is not going to suspend them. So that's a little bit more concrete than what it was last week. Um, 
but don't yeah, be like, oh, he could go to Carolina. I'm going to go get go trade for Robbie Anderson. No. <laughs> the only thing that I might do in those situations with those three teams is wait a little bit. Pump the brakes on if I'm trying to decide between dropping Robbie Anderson or Brandon Ayuk, I'm dropping Ayuk because if Deshaun Watson shows up in Carolina in a week, that offense takes a huge step forward. But don't like actively seek out these guys or try to blow up your roster on the whim that Deshaun Watson's going to show up because as Kyle said, we don't even know if he's going to freaking play. So you just, if, if anything, just be like, oh, I have Miles Gaskin. Okay, I'll keep him a little longer and see if he can produce if Deshaun Watson comes or Devontae Parker, et cetera. Um, but at this point, I just have your phones ready is like the way I look at it. It's just like the waiver wire is about to hit. We don't have anything final yet. It could get done. It could not get – just be ready just in case one of that trade does come down in the next couple of days. In similar fashion to me spelling waiver as Wavier, uh, this Desha- <laughs> this Deshaun Watson story is very confusing, and you wonder why it's happening. Now, I, I say that in the sense of it feels like it's underreported. Houston is a top three market in the country, right? It's like combination of like New York, LA, Chicago, Houston. However, you want to balance that. Philly's in there sometimes. So top five, just to be safe for the criticism yeah. on social media. How do we not know more? I, I just keep going back to the Zeke thing, and I cannot shake it that Zeke played. Zeke was on the field, never got charged for a crime, and then got to go for six games. Never got charged for a crime and played. I don't know if it's just the Texans lying, and they're like, no, 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 we're we're the Houston Texans. We have a code of conduct. That's why it's not. No, no, you're not. Like You don't want them to get hurt to lose the draft stock of what potentially could get in return. That might have been the whole story the whole time. It's always felt like an NCAA team trying to give themselves a self-imposed ban, even though that's not how the NFL works, and probably it shouldn't work like that in college either. That's why Deshaun Watson hasn't been playing. So even if he goes to the Dolphins or Panthers, he's got to learn the offense. Yep. He's got to get some chemistry with some receivers. He has to know where the locker room is. Like small things that don't seem like a big deal probably might take two to four weeks. And also they have quarterbacks right now. So what do you do with Darnold and Tua? Unless they're involved in the trade, which is I'm, Yeah, I'm assuming both those guys would probably go. Yeah. Game. So here's the thing with Watson. I like the idea – that if you've got a really good team, mm. like if you are a playoff team, if you're sitting at five and two, if you're six and one and you feel like you're strong enough, I would recommend it more so for those teams that are at the top or a team that you know is done. Like if you're 0-7 and you're still listening to us, we appreciate you trying to still hang on. <laughs> but if like you're one and six and you just want to get Watson to hope next year he's going to be great for you, great. Because I don't know what the number is. Let's say he plays five games in your starting lineup. 75 points over five games, 15 apiece, maybe 20 games. I mean, 20 points for five games, 100. That still seems like pretty high. So if you just think he's going to get a matchup and throw the ball, great. But I would just stash him. I honestly think if I had to recommend either playoff team or bad team, I would say the sake of your future, one in six, oh, and seven team might want to take a swing at it rather than the better teams. The one thing that gives me a little optimism. Because you bring up a great point about, and I thought about that as well. He's got to learn a, a whole new playbook. Like he's not just going to be able to go out there, except for the fact that he's an athlete. Like he's one of those. It's not like Peyton Manning's coming in or you know uh, Jared Goff. Like this guy 
is going to be able to make plays. You give him the brief rundown of plays, and he goes, okay, let me just run around and chuck it deep, or let me run around and get 20 yards. Like He's that kind of player where I think um, if he has a, a little understanding of the offense, he can still make amazing plays just because of how athletic he is. The other, the other thing that I think of, too, is, we again, all of these are rumors. Right. And we've heard Miami say they are committed to a – I don't know about you guys, but I'm really intrigued on starting Tua. Because what does this say right now about, well, Tua, does he want to go? Does he want to get traded? Does he want to just say, you know what, screw you guys, I'm going to ball out um, and show you guys that you're going to make you're saying, you're saying you're interested in starting Tua in Houston? No, in Miami right now. He's oh, I don't know. Like this, week, all, like this week right now. Yeah, like he's a, he's gotcha. a part of all these rumors and like, nah, we we they, like how much do the Dolphins believe in Tua? Well, maybe he goes such a screw you guys and and all of a sudden we'll ball out. He had a great game last week when some of these rumors started. Now winning is a poor defense, but um, I'm a little intrigued on some of the on some of these matchups and players that are that are going to be going in these, especially the quarterback position. It, it, it's a, it's make or break time for you guys. Like the, the deal's not done. If you can ball out, you can say, "Well, let's pump the brakes. Maybe we do got something here." And and what's the improvement look like? So that definitely imp- in, intrigues me a little bit too. I wonder, and this could all change as we're taping on a Tuesday night on my birthday. That um, you know, like if it, the deal doesn't get done by the end of this week, do you play Tua? If if that's a big part of this trade. You know, a couple first-round picks, and you get Tua, who might be a franchise QB. We don't know yet. What do you do as a GM? This is a violent sport. This is not a sport where you can just go out and half-ass it, and you'll be fine. Like, how many guys do we see get hurt every single week, including the quarterback position? Even though if you if you fart on a quarterback, it's a 15-yard penalty. Uh, uh, but that, I mean, that's going to become really interesting if they've agreed on the terms of a deal, and Tua's involved. What do you do on Sunday? Do you play that guy, or does Jacoby Brissett get the start? I don't know. I'm just talking. To, I have no information on that. I just find that very interesting. Of that's a lot to risk if the deal is going to fall through if Tua tears his ACL or yep. does something like that. The, the problem with Tua it goes back to what Kyle said. He just hasn't been good enough. Like last week is a good example, and I, I love the attitude you had about Tua because I said the same thing about Tua against the Falcons, where I thought Dolphins Falcons, and you guys convinced me last week on the podcast that was going to be a high scoring game. Appreciate you guys. I should have gave you a tip on that wager I had at Rivers Casino. I took the over. Appreciate it. So even though that cash is with an over and the Falcons and Dolphins both had bad defenses, Tua wasn't great. Like I'm watching that game, and maybe that's what happens when you have some cheese on the game. You start screaming at the quarterbacks, but I'm like, why are you so bad? What (laughs) happened to Alabama? Is it your hip? How did you get so bad so fast? And I like to bring up so tiny so fast. Weren't you bigger? I, wasn't there someone who was bigger? Was it the pads at Alabama? My God, Tua. So that's the thing. Like, if he to Chet's point, if he gets sat for Jacoby, people might look at him and be like, "Oh, he's not good enough to play. He just has to get better fast." That's yeah. my problem with Tua. I have, I, mean, I, have been, I have been underwhelmed to this point on Tua for sure. Well, to what Kyle said, I think he's already chomping at the bit to get to the starts and sits. But I want to go first because I want to talk more quarterbacks because I got two guys I want to play this week. Two of them. Can I say one? It might be the sure. Kirk Cousins. Wow, Kirk Cousins. Yes. Go green. Oh, he's my love too, man. I think Kirk Cousins is going to ball out. Continue. Uh, I feel like you should finish it. Finish the point. Go ahead. They might. It might be everything I have. He's been a pretty consistent quarterback this year. Um, a home game against Dallas, coming off of a bye week. 
sure, that Dallas defense with Diggs has been coming up with big plays. They've also been giving up a lot of big plays. And I love the fact, sure, if Diggs is going to go shadow Jefferson and you want to stay away from the current defensive player of the year, Adam Thielen is still there and hopefully healthy uh, after getting banged up earlier in the year. So I don't know. I just think it's a great matchup. I think it's going to be high scoring, primetime game. Give me some Kirk Cousins, man, especially we don't have the buy-mageddon of last week. But if you're in a situation where Lamar Jackson is on buy, I love Kirk Cousins as your streamer of the week. Totally agree, Chet. Love it. The Cowboys are good up to ninth most fantasy points. According to Yahoo, two quarterbacks this season. You nailed the bye week. Another fun stat for our people who like to invest in the games like I do. The Cowboys are the only team this season that has covered the spread in every single game. You think Vegas catches on to that finally. They're like, no, no, no. We know you guys are making money off Dallas. And remember, Dallas is a national brand, so they're always going to see more money on their games. Yep. I think they're getting ticked off sports books and saying, enough of this. We need to figure out a way to win some money on the Cowboys. I think the Vikings will beat Dallas, and I think Ooh. Kirk Cousins will have a big game. I'm not willing right now to say it's going to be a shootout like you are, but I think and by the time I over and under at that point, I think Cousins will have a big game fantasy-wise. I'm curious how Dallas handles their offense. If it's more to Zeke, more to Dak, if Mike McCarthy is an idiot and take terrible plays with the jury still out on whether or not McCarthy He's a great coach. I love the Cousins play as well, so I'm totally with you on that. No, the jury actually just came out, Kyle, uh, Kyle, and, they said, and they said guilty. Yeah. He sucked. The jury just told me. I have an IFB in, and they said <laughs> the decision is in. Mike McCarthy sucks. Uh, you know what, Kyle? <laughs> he does. He's terrible. You know what? Before, Kyle, you go, I got to cut you off because now that I have McCarthy, I want to add one other quarterback who's not very good, who I think sucks, who I think is going to have a great game this week. Teddy Two Gloves. I love Teddy Bridgewater's matchup. I've had so much fun about crapping on the Broncos and saying bet Bronco unders till your eyes bleed. It's the worst team to watch in the NFL. The I almost called them the R words. The Washington football team <laughs> has given up the most points to fantasy football quarterbacks this season. Come on, Teddy. Like Kyle just said, here's a proving ground. Are you good? Are you overrated? Are you the Bronco quarterback for the future? Here you go. Heineke put up a bunch of points if he didn't stop falling at the one-yard line last week. I almost picked him, but I can't trust him now. I think Teddy Two Gloves has a great game against Washington. See that? Um, my big love for the week right now is Mr. Christian Kirk. Um, going up against Green Bay, back-to-back weeks with a touchdown. I think this is going to be a slugfest. Um, I am still low on this Arizona defense. I don't believe in them. I'm hoping that this week they prove – maybe they prove me wrong this week, but – Um, I think their pass rush is good. I think their secondary is poor. And obviously you're going up against Aaron Rodgers. Now we'll see what happens with Devontae Adams. But um, I think they're going to have to air it out. Um, Christian Kirk has had a couple solid games. He's had a total of 18 targets over the last three games. Um, The yardage scares me a little bit because he hasn't had more than 75 yards, which was last week against Cleveland. But um, I like Christian Kirk this week. Back-to-back week with a touchdown. Give me a little Christian Kirk love. Um, And then you're probably not in a situation where you're not starting him. But I also really like Damian Harris this week going against the Chargers. Um, they're going to have to run the ball. That uh, Chargers defense is very susceptible to the run. Um, not good on the ground. Damian Harris, after having a really rough uh, stretch, I think he got hurt somewhere in there, um, came back with two good bounce-back games. Now, granted, bounce back against the Jets with pump the brakes a little bit, but had a really good game against Dallas. So um, give me some Damian Harris in your starting lineups this week. Love it. As someone who has a lot of Damian Harris. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off of that Thursday night game. Um, 
Again, with the Ravens on by, so no Mark Andrews. Vegas on a bye. Darren Waller was already hurt. He's not playing again. I like Robert Tunyon. If uh, if Devontae Adams, who seems like he's going to be an outside chance of playing, he has to do the double negative test and be asymptomatic. And then you have Alan Lazard now on the COVID reserve. Like you're running out of people. Uh, sounds like MVS might be able to play, but give me give me Robert Tunyon. If they have to keep up with this Cardinals offense that can score, it seems at will. Uh, I think Robert Tunyon, who's been very disappointing, he's coming off of his best game of the season, but has not been the same Robert Tunyon we saw last year. Uh, I like Robert Tunyon to score at least one touchdown in that Thursday night game, especially with all the wide receivers down. So if you're looking to stream a tight end, Robert Tunyon's the guy to go to. Love those plays. Love Damian Harris. Love Big Bad Bob Tunyon. That's like, <laughs> just to defend Big Bad Bob there for a second, he's – he, you're right. He's nowhere close to where he was last year. In comparison to other tight ends, he's fine. Like You're probably still keeping him in your lineup, but this is a really nice matchup for him on Thursday. Do you know, be, do you know what he's averaging per season? Per season? Or sorry, per game this season? Seven? Yeah, Five? He's... Yeah, it's been, it's been real bad, unfortunately. Uh, he is coming off. I think he had a 16-pointer. That boosted that to five. Um, but at, prior to this past week, which he had the uh, five catches for 63 yards and a touchdown, he did not go over 10 yards in four consecutive weeks. That's Man. tough. And we know tight ends a tough position, but you can find guys getting over 10 yards on the waiver. Like, it's bad. He's I'm got looking at two touchdowns all year. Yeah, you know what? That's that's totally spot on. And I'm looking at it like when Gronk is still above you and Gronk has missed games, that's not a good one. <laughs> exactly. Hey, huh? Half point PPR, Tunyon's tight end 21. If Tyler Conklin walked into the room right now and told me he was the tight end for the Vikings, I would tell you I don't believe you. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's true. Uh, I'm gonna sit these two guys, same game, same matchup. Rams, Texans. I think everyone looks at the Rams and always thinks high-powered offense now. The Texans' defense has had shades of being actually pretty good. Like, there were times they slowed down Mac Jones. They're actually slowed down the Cardinal offense up until, like, midway through the second quarter. So they've actually done a better job in fantasy to slow down defenses. Robert Woods is my sit because Cooper Cup is on a historic pace right now. And I feel like now with that pace being public, the options cup every single time. I don't know what – I'm going to go with another Big Bad Bob. I don't know what Big Bad Bob Woods is going to do. So I sit him. And Brandon Cooks, you started off great for me, man. I keep leaving you in my lineups. You're out. You're out of the lineup. You're done. The Rams' defense is pretty good, and their secondary in particular. So you're both out of the lineup, and in particular, Cooks. I don't like either one this week in that matchup. Yeah, you're that, I'm that, to me with Brandon Cooks. That that sounded like me with LaVisca. Weird. Full <laughs> <Yeah>. um, apply. <laughs> shit nuts. <laughs> shit nuts. So my two benches, um, people, please chill out on the hype. Uzama. Bring it back down to earth. Uh, one game this year, he's had over three targets. <laughs> yeah. Let's chill. He had a bust, a boom game last week. Huge. Had a boom game a couple weeks ago. Cool. Before that, one touchdown for nine points, zero touchdowns for 2.6 points, zero points, 1.4. Like, chill. Do not – if you have a different tight end option, sit him. Don't don't buy in. Like, that is a bi-week tight end that you hope you get left with. So, my big thing, do not play um, him. Just don't. Like, chill out. Uh, 
funny side story on that. Uh, so I get a text as a commissioner of our dynasty league at 12 p.m. So an hour before kickoff, a guy texts me being like, hey, man, I'm working on a trade right now. If I get it to go through, will you push it through? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'm at brunch drinking a fancy cocktail. Sure. Let's do it. Completely forget about it because I don't get notified. You know, I get the notification if a trade gets accepted. A guy had had worked a trade uh, for Uzama and someone else to try to get Ricky Seals. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones? What's yep. his name? Yeah. yeah. Um, because he had lost his starting tight end to injury. And so he for he even forgot to accept the trade and left Uzama in his lineup, and it's the reason why he won his matchup. That's awesome. How cool is that? Yeah. I um, texted him too. I was like, man, great play with Uzama. And he goes, dude, I man. thought I <laughs> um, Chet's not going to like my other set this week. Um, I'm not liking Cordero this week going up against the Panthers. Um, best rush defense. That defense is legit. Um, I'm, I'm a little concerned with the Falcons getting any movement. Now, granted, the uh, Panthers offense has looked quite stinky uh, as well. So I think you're looking at a slugfest, but – um, most of you probably have Cordell Patterson from a waiver wire, so you're more than likely have another option at running back, um, unlike Chester down here, who's lost both running backs. Um, but if you have a different option, I'm, I would be leaning towards benching Cordell Patterson if you have a different option. I hope he proves you wrong for me. He more than likely will. <laughs> how it goes with me. No, I mean, it's always scary when you see a guy in your lineup facing the number one in red. You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> I prefer green on my lineups if you're in the ESPN format. <laughs> I guess all formats have that. Yeah, the red number one, not good. Any sets for you, Chet? Um, I actually didn't have any. Uh, sit all your kickers. They all freaking suck. I'm benching Tyler Bass. <laughs> I'm, I'm benching Greg Zerline. They all suck. Bench them. Make a stand. Win without your kicker. I actually got my ass handed to me this week because I didn't want to drop Tyler Bass and I didn't pick up a kicker. I was like, yeah, it's not worth it. It's that Yahoo League where I put up 68 <laughs> points. Yeah. Oh, man. I, it's a two-quarterback league too, ladies and gentlemen. I think, that, I think that's the best way to end this. Chet Davis blows out his birthday candles and wishes kickers are eliminated from fantasy football. Get him out. Boys, I'll catch you next week. Chat, enjoy the birthday. Uh, welcome you. to the Dirty 30s. And uh, next yeah. time we talk, it's November. The grind for fantasy football is next month. Yes, sir. Awesome. See you, boys.